0: helping us all understand how we can make an environmental difference this is KCLR's Ecological with Brian Redmond
1: and you're very welcome along to the second edition of Ecological here on KCLR 14 minutes past 6 o'clock We're with you until 7. It's all about fashion this week. I have a number of guests joining us throughout the show. Carol Zoe, uh, Zoe Carol Wong from Thomastown, sustainable fashion designer, will be joining us in a few moments. I'm also talking to Michelle Harding, who's the buyer at Paul's department store. And I'm joined by two Connors and an own, responsible for the inception and setup of a new independent business called FINA, who are supplying sustainable and ethical a wear. Stay with us right the way through until 7 o'clock here on Ecological. Now, fast fashion is one of the world's biggest polluters, pushing species to the brink of extinction, destroying the habitats that provide us with clean air and polluting the rivers that give us fresh water. Over 100 billion items of clothing are produced globally each year. Yes, 100 billion using thousands of different chemicals. And yet, 3 out of 5 of those items end up in landfill within 12 months this week our focus as i said is on fast fashion and how we can produce and shop more ethically and sustainably as i said our first guest joining me in studio this evening is fashion designer zoe carol wong from thomastown good afternoon good evening now at this stage quarter past (laughs) six you're very welcome along to ecological good evening well, first of all, you're not originally born in Ireland. I mean, you've travelled all over the world, and you've decided when you've come to Ireland to live a very sustainable lifestyle um, in one of the most sustainable parts of the country. I believe Thomastown is a huge sort of community feeling up in Thomastown around sustainability and ethical living. I suppose.
2: Yeah, well, so I was born in Ireland. Ah, um, yeah. Um, it's so I've I've lived pretty much all my life in Ireland, um, but I come from both cultures, my parents in Hong Kong, and Thomastown is you're right, it is a very ecological and community driven driven town, and um, which is why we chose to live there.
1: Yeah. So that was part of the the decision to move to
2: Thomastown? It is, and one of them was because it has a train station. (laughs) (laughs) Using public transport is a very ecological way of getting around without using the car, so that was one of the
1: reasons. So obviously then, being sustainably aware and aware of the environmental challenges has been part of your being, if you like, forever, pretty much.
2: Where did that come from? And um, My mum. My mum was always so ecologically aware. She was a recycler before recycling was a thing. She didn't believe in single-use plastics. Anything that came in through the house, like the margarine tubs were being reused all the time. Plastic bags were reused until there was a hole in them. Yeah, she just really instilled... Not using single use things.
1: Yeah. And was that, like, I don't want to sound insulting, but was that her just being frugal or aware of not creating waste? Because, you know, being sustainable and reusable plastics and stuff like that probably weren't that prolific. They weren't that, you know, well known even 10 years ago let alone 20 years ago
2: yeah i think it came from a place of being thrifty for sure i think that is a lot of the asian way and culturally we are quite um thrifty in that sense but my mum really did hate seeing waste and throwing things away that were good like i you would never see her throw away something that was still good in her in her mind. So she would use something to the end of its life. And I think that's really important.
1: Okay, so what we're here today to talk about for the whole show is fashion. And obviously mm-hmm. that's now a huge part of your life, has been for, for years, presumably. Yes. And uh, your own company, com. you design and produce a whole range of ethical and sustainable clothing. Where did your love for fashion start with?
2: Um, watching... Watching this show called um, Fashion TV with Jenny Barker. I don't know okay. if you remember it.
1: I remember Fashion TV being one of them channels that was on. You know the the Skybox back in the day. And yeah. As a young guy, you sort of flash through it. You go, oh, that's she's quite attractive. You keep going. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You wouldn't you wouldn't get into it from the fashion point of view. So it obviously, inspired you.
2: Yeah. So Fashion TV was a was a was a. Was a a slot on Canadian TV and it was on one of the Sky... I think it could have been on Channel 4 or something, but I got to watch it with my mum. And also Dallas, the fashion in (laughs) Dallas was like huge for me. I don't
1: think there was much sustainable fashion going on back in the day of South Forks.
2: Yeah, so... And my mum was quite fashionable as well. Like she she had a lot of style. Like she went with all the cool haircuts and stuff. So it was kind of ingrained in my in my day-to-day life. But it really came after I left I left school.
1: Okay, so talk to me about the company, the the business, you know, designing sustainably and producing sustainably. Are all the products produced here in Ireland or are they produced abroad?
2: Yes, um, so I hand make everything. Wow. Um, okay. A lot of the knitwear is knit by, all the knitwear is knit by local artisans who hand knit and then I hand produce everything in my home studio. All the fabrics are sourced locally, so my linen is from Wexford, mm. and the yarn is from Cushendale and Greg So it's it served me really well. Now, my business wasn't always like this. It, it's had to evolve with time, um, but it's come to a really good place in the fact that I, I can now rely on a really small bubble of raw materials and talent. I don't have to travel I don't have to get on a plane I I don't need to travel across time zones to make a really beautiful and long lasting product and that's what's like we have such amazing stuff in in Ireland, so why not utilise it and make really great things from it?
1: Well, after the ad break, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about sourcing those materials because mm-hmm. I saw that as probably being the one of the biggest challenges in Ireland. And you yep. can tell me whether that's the case or not. You're listening to Ecological on Casey Law. I'm talking to Ecological and Sustainable Fashion Designer from our very own Thomastown, Zoe Carol Wong. Stay with us.
0: KC. 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 KCLR.
1: You're very welcome back to Ecological here on KCLR. It's Brian Redmond with you until seven o'clock and we're talking to sustainable fashion designer Zoe Carol Wong. Just during the break there Zoe, we were talking about uh, materials because obviously you can't produce anything unless you've got materials. How difficult is it to source sustainable materials here in Ireland?
2: Um, it is and it isn't. It really depends on what you're looking for. We have a huge history of linen in Ireland so linen is the only fabric that I use so that means that it's easier. I mean, Do you feel
1: restricted by that? Do you feel like you have to stick to linens because of the fact they're easily and readily available or is that just your
2: own taste in design? I don't find it restrictive and what I find is that some limitations is really freeing. So if you take away things, you know, if you if you go to a supermarket and you've so much choice, you actually stand there and you get really overwhelmed by the choice. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so if you take away one element of the design process and you only worked with one thing, the sky's your limit for everything else. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, 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 I get you.
2: So, yeah.
1: So t- Freedom in, in restriction yeah, almost. There yeah, there is yeah. a freedom
2: in it. Yeah, and I really like working within a boundary, I guess. Um, yeah, I find that really fun. And the thing is you you get into a certain look and you get into a certain style, but it doesn't stop you from reimagining things all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, the way I design is for everyday living anyway, so it's not like I'm going to be imagining mad looking things because the whole idea of sustainability is being able to have longevity in our clothes and not using them for just Well, that's what I wanted to come on
1: at, because, I mean, obviously one of the biggest problems that we've got within the fashion industry is that fast fashion. However sustainable a product is or not in terms of its creation, if it's only going to last less than a year, It can't be sustainable, can it?
2: No, and I think there is elements of sustainability in all clothing. So what I mean when I say that is, okay, so you go into a fast fashion, big box store and you buy a product and you wear it. But if you wear it for years that is a sustainable product yeah. because you're not just using a fast fashion product and just tossing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Because I mean, you know, if you buy something that's, you know, let's say very unsustainable, but you wear it forever and as a result of that you don't buy another 10 of them during your lifetime, well,
2: exactly. it works out quite well. I still have pajama bottoms from, um, from pennies from uh, like the early noughties. I've so probably that got is... ones that would be even older than those. Exactly. <laughs> so that is a, sus- you know, you've made it a sustainable product yeah, you yeah. know, I think the issue is for me, especially, is the labor practices that go hand in hand with fast fashion. So, when I work with products in Ireland, and the, I know that the fabric has been made by people who are respected and are paid well, and I obviously pay myself and anyone I work with. I let them determine their wages. Yeah, That's not the case for a lot of fast fashion. And, you know, it's it It's a huge issue along with the ecological effects.
1: Mm. Well, the website of, for your company is com. Very yes. simple and easy to remember that way. Um, how do you see the business going over the next few years in terms of being able to grow it and scale it? Or is that even part of your hope or wish for it?
2: I do. And the whole... My business has always been built on being able to live and work and have a healthy work-life balance. Um, My husband would probably say differently. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, the way I see it is I would like to employ other women that are like myself, who have okay. family. Going who back to that
1: community thing again, community, again that we were talking yeah. about in yeah.
2: Yeah, and women want to work. They might not necessarily be able to work standardised hours, but a lot of women would like to work when the baby's napping, when the children are in school. So I want to incorporate building my business on these amazing women that have talents that are going unused.
1: So, And that's the one thing that I've found talking to lots of different people in the preparation for this series is that actually I think trying to live more sustainably, being more ecologically aware does more than just save the environment because if we can think differently in terms of how we approach all aspects of our life, it'll make life better for us all.
2: Yeah, there's definitely, there's more solutions than we think out there for any problem that we've created for ourselves for sure
1: (laughs) well listen keep finding them keep working down in thomastown zoe carol wong sustainable fashion designer zoecarol.com obviously where people can find out all they need to about zoe's work and indeed buying stuff which is what it's about at the end of the day but stuff that will last you a lifetime rather than stuff that you're going to be throwing away at the end of the year thank you very much for joining us on this evening's ecological zoe Thank you. You're very welcome and best of luck with things into the future. After the ad break, I'll be talking to head buyer Michelle Harding from Paul's department store about how you can actually shop sustainably even in the high streets.
0: You're listening to KCLR's Ecological with Brian Redmond. In association with Le Harts Volkswagen, discover the all-electric Volkswagen ID range at lehartsvolkswagen.ie
1: this evening on ecological it's all about fashion now ecological and sustainable fashion isn't just available through uh, niche and um, specialist jo- stores a lot of our high street brands are now going ecological and I'm joined now by Michelle Harding from Paul's in our very uncle Kenny to tell us more about it good evening to you Michelle
3: hi how's things
1: listen we're doing this obviously series of shows on um being more ecological and today it's all about sustainable fashion but of course sustainable fashion is a a large part of the high street market now and indeed a large part of what you do at Paul's. Can you tell us first of all at what point did you guys start to become aware of the need to be more sustainably aware in terms of your buying and your purchasing?
3: Well up to you could say maybe three years ago it was rumoured they were starting to make changes within the larger brands that we would do but it's really been in the last two years you're kind of looking for The fact that the companies are really trying to make changes and you're starting to see that sustainability tag, that organic cotton tag that was made from recycled plastic, all that sort of stuff. And we're really seeing that in our buy and it's becoming very important to have that as part of the buys that we do.
1: Yeah. And was that something that was driven by the market or was it something that was actually driven by the the brands that actually started producing this stuff itself? Would you have gotten customers in at that point asking about sustainable products or has that only happened more recently?
3: Well, we would have a few, but it's really been in the last, you could even say nine months to a year that we're really seeing people asking questions and really becoming Maybe more aware of the fashion that they're wearing, and that then has a knock on effect to the brands. The brands then are hearing this and having to do more because the fashion industry is one of the leading polluters and causes of climate change and all of that it's just it's a terrible cycle so they really had to change
1: i often heard it said that you can tell what colors are going to be in fashion next year by what color the rivers in china are this year so i think we're totally aware of the you know the damage that unethical production of clothing can actually make but just tell us about some of the different products in terms of what they actually do is it that they're made from recycled fabrics or are they ethically sourced fabrics or is it a sort of mix of everything
3: Okay, so I have a few brands that I've kind of looked, that I don't even have to look into. I just know that they, what they're doing. So in the ladies' fashion floor, we have a brand called White Stuff, and they have decided to use all organic cotton. So organic cotton then is grown sustainably. So it's grown in a way that doesn't use chemicals, which then obviously doesn't harm soil or cause so- soil leach or doesn't damage the water for the local villagers or anything like that. So Mm. anything with organic cotton is very, very good. And White Stuff and a kid's brand, Sproogie, are all using this organic cotton, which is fantastic to see. Then for the likes of Tommy Hilfiger, that, you know, everybody's aware of Tommy Hilfiger. And in general, their denim is probably one of the leading denim brands kind of globally. And for denim, it takes 70 litres of water to make a denim,
1: seventy, 70 liters. Wow!
3: So they've then mass- they've had to change all this, and they've massively reduced it down to just ten liters, and got rid of chemicals, and are using lasers instead of chemicals. So, like, that's a massive knock-on
1: change. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's obviously, and it's great to see those brands, those leading brands taking that leading role because if they can do it and people become more aware of the fact that they're doing it, then obviously all the other brands down the chain, down the food chain of fashion, if you like, they're going to have to follow suit. Have you seen, you know, the number of different brands that offer sustainable options increase dramatically over the last three or four years? Oh, 100%.
3: Like, we're seeing where brands maybe didn't do it at all, they're now doing a recycled program. So, for example, Levi's, they have a huge, they're probably one of the most sustainable brands that we do now, but they actually have their puffer jacket. They're all made now from recycled plastic bottles, which uses, like, less energy to make them and then reduces the amount of fossil fuels as well. So that's massive, and that's happening in kids' brands as well. They're using, like... The plastic bottles to make those like puddle jackets or those waterproof jackets yeah. so like that has a huge knock on effect
1: and in terms of the staff and stuff like that I mean obviously there's a lot of training needed to make staff aware of what products are sustainable because there's a lot more people customers out there looking for them isn't there
0: oh absolutely
3: like when we come back from buying trips and stuff I would often you know come around to say to the girls you'll never get what we're just after taking on like we have a new brand coming now called Save the Duck to Paul's this summer and it's all sustainable outerwear, right down even to their crewnecks and t-shirts and everything, it's fully sustainable. It's amazing and I was telling all the girls about that so that they know the ins and outs of the brand and they're not um, you know waiting to read the labels and things like that To you know they're more informed so we create excitement with the girls kind of of the sustainability of a brand and that makes them enthusiastic which then feeds to the customers and gets them enthusiastic if that makes sense
1: Yeah of course and then in terms of pricing and that Michelle do you find that those sustainable products are more expensive or are they again are they starting to come down in price compared to maybe what they would have been when they were quite niche four or five years ago
3: oh it was 100 like four or five years ago if it had a sustainability tag on it you were going to pay upwards of maybe 10 or 20 euros more for the product yeah now definitely sustainability doesn't come cheaply and unfortunately it doesn't because the technology to make sustainable products is more but the environmental impact is considerably less so you know there is a handoff but it's definitely getting more affordable and, or becoming the same as what the previous product was, which is what you're hoping for, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that in a lot of the high street stores and you know, particularly up in Paul's, that actually when you pick something up, you, you pick it up because it's a nice-looking product or because it's it's on offer or it's got a good price tag. And it's actually only for me then that you realise, oh, that's sustainable. Well, why wouldn't I go for that option then if it's a product that I like, it's got the same sort of price point as many of the other products that are available but it's less damaging to the environment as well. And I think that's where we need to get to be. How long would you say it would be in your eyes before let's... What percent, before I ask you this question, what percentage of the range up there might be sustainable at the moment? Would it be 10%, 20%?
3: Well, Levi Jeans is one brand that we do, and they're saying their range is now somewhere between 70% more sustainable. Okay, that's so, fantastic. Uh, you know, that's massive. And then Tommy Hilfiger has made their range... I would say 50%. That's a much bigger scale. So 50% of what they were is massive. Yeah. And then that you're seeing the likes of White Stuff is completely organic. So that's fully sustainable. You know, kids' brands are all going to sustainable cotton, all that. So I would say we are far higher than that. I would say within the brands, we're probably, most of the brands are probably at overall 30%, I okay. would say.
1: Yeah. So we're getting and there. And
3: then within brands, it's more. Yeah, yeah, that makes we're sense. definitely
1: getting there. It's, I think it's quite an interesting thing to think about because I think a lot of people that might be out shopping in the high street, if they are being a little bit more conscious of shopping sustainably, I think there's probably not enough awareness yet that you can walk into a store like Paul's and buy the brands that you would have already bought or, or, or would be aware of and still be sustainable. Does, do you feel that there's that sort of almost niche approach to it still that they think they're going to have to go and do a Google search on sustainable shops within Carlow or Kilkenny and maybe you don't realize that a lot of these major brands available in the high street are now making those big efforts.
3: Oh, 100%. And I suppose, as consumers, up to now, as you said yourself, you go in, oh, I like that. And, oh, look, on the bonus side, it's sustainable. And that's just the way we are as consumers. So it's retraining our brains as well to look for maybe sustainability first. And that's all down to maybe the training of our kids. And let's face it, it's probably going to be my own children that are going to be those sustainable warriors and are going to train and be, you know, fully used to that. Yeah. Th- but if we can help and start to look at it as adults ourselves, I mean that's great. So I think definitely, you know, it's training.
1: Well, I suppose you'd round off by saying if anybody is interested in finding out more, I mean, the the best and easy thing to do is just pop into the store, ask yourself or one of the guys in there, and they'll be able to give you a bit of a steer on it.
3: Absolutely. Like, we're always there to help and steer you in the right direction. And we're open 9.30 Tuesday,
1: Monday, (laughs) Saturday. You you have to get the plug in, don't you? Oh, Michelle Harding of Paul's Department Store. Thanks, as always, for joining us. And if you do have any more questions, pop in and have a chat to them. They'll be able to give you a bit of a steer.
0: KCL Ecological with Brian Redmond.
1: Yeah, so great opportunities to buy ecologically in the high street as well as from those speciality stores as well. So no excuses. Next up on Ecological this evening, I'm joined by three friends um, who have started a business. At Leisureware is, of course, huge as an industry across the globe now. And trying to do it sustainably, I'm joined on Skype by Connor Byrne and Owen Payne. And on the phone line by Connor Pullitton. Coming to Connor and Owen on Skype, first of all, good afternoon and welcome along to ecological
4: how it goes you well
1: yeah it's great to have you both here
4: thank you it's a pleasure
1: so um let's talk about the name first of all I, I, I did a little bit of research which i occasionally do for a show like this fina small independent warrior brands from mythological ireland is that how you see yourselves Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, tell me about your backgrounds. I mean, um, you're obviously guys that are into fitness and interested in fitness, and uh, fitness is obviously a big part of your life. Um, But where did the the crazy dream of starting your own athleisure brand come from?
5: I I think when you're into fitness, I think probably most people dream about starting their own brand anyway. But um, for us, like you said, we're three friends. We've been friends for a long time. And starting some sort of business project was something we always would have talked about when maybe we were out in the pub or something like that. Out cycling. <laughs> yeah, or out cycling or climbing or whatever. And um, I guess just we just decided either we're going to keep talking about it or we're going to start doing it. And then we just decided to do it. And ultimately, like we just said, if we're going to do it, let's make sure we do it the right way. And the right way is sustainable and ethical.
1: Well, Connor, um, I'm also joined on the line as you know by the other member of the trio, Connor Pollockson. Connor Pollockson, you're on the phone line. I have to ask you a question. First of all, are you as on brand as the two lads I can see on Skype are? Because they are wearing the height of Fianna fashion here for us. How are you this evening?
6: I'm in head to toe Fianna. I got the joggers, the
4: t-shirt, yeah, special edition socks, and all. <laughs>
1: Well, listen, Connor, Talking to you, continuing. Um, so, why sustainable? I mean, maybe you know we all understand the premise behind trying to live sustainably. But if you're going to start a business, why add the extra hassle of trying to do one that is sustainable?
6: I think for us, we started from sustainability to a certain extent and worked forward from there. So it was never, oh, we want to compete with Naughty or Adidas and have a non-sustainable brand. We started from the sustainable aspect and then worked forward from there.
1: So it was sustainable for us. It was always going to be that way.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. we, we never wanted just a general fitness brand. We wanted it to be sustainable act to wear from the
1: start. So, if I, if I come over to Owen, Owen, where do you start with this? I mean, you, you've got an idea, you're involved in fitness, you know what you want the clothes to look and feel like, but wh- where's, the, where's the first step saying, this is going to be a sustainable brand, where do you even source fabrics or production for something like this?
4: Well, before you even get to sourcing the fabrics, there's a whole load of mock-ups and there's a whole load of trial and error and there's a whole lot of hassling fa- friends and family. So, like, again, one of the biggest hurdles we did face once we kind of got past all that was the actual sourcing of recycled materials because, again, it's, as you can imagine, it's quite niche. So, a lot of the places that might be providing fabrics to smaller companies will only do it with, like, kind of more generic materials. Yeah, mean more the quantity is obviously difficult when you're starting up and the like, yeah. Yeah, we don't have the capital to be buying, like, you know, 100,000 units of things. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a bit of a... A bit, a bit of a, a cross there, but that that was easily the biggest uh, challenge that we had was actually just trying to find suppliers that could work with us at the scale that we're currently at. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Byrne, Mr. Byrne, where,
1: where where do you go then, Mr. Byrne, in terms of, so I'm going to call you Mr. Byrne and Mr. Pulliton from now on <laughs> so that we can differentiate between Connor and Connor. Uh, Mr. Byrne, where do you go in terms of trying to source products like these? Where was your first port of call? Was it here in Ireland or did you have to go overseas to actually look at production and manufacturing?
5: So, I have to try and recall the way back. Um, but I do think, correct me if I'm wrong, Connor, um, we did start looking locally first. Um, and I guess it's kind of, <laughs> how do I want to phrase it? It's kind of like, I think we had this idea, or maybe I had a very simplified idea because I didn't know how the process worked. I thought it would be really easy. You know, you just kind of type in recycled manufacturer. <laughs> and they'd all pop up and start ringing you and saying, we can do it, we can do it. Yeah, someone would do it. And I think it was just very, very quickly we were realizing, oh, wow, you know, this is going to be a lot more challenging. And we actually did have to look overseas um, to find manufacturers that would um, not only offer the fabrics we were looking for, but then also had the certs to back it up because, you know, you can't trust everything you read on the <laughs> internet to so get some sort of uh, proof, which again, we were we were learning so yeah that was a huge challenge and mr pullerton who's responsible for the design
6: uh right now connor the other connor and owner mostly responsible for the design and manufacturing
1: and you do all the accounts do you
6: um the s- social media stuff photography editing at the everything. start we were all kind of doing a little bit of a little bit of everything but mm-hmm. we found right. out multiple that it was better to split up the roles
1: and one of the things that I found by doing a little bit of research and checking out the website and stuff like that is the prices are very competitive and I mean that because generally when I look at at leisure, where it's it can range obviously it can range you can spend as much as you want if you're buying stupid Victoria Beckham stuff or whatever like that God knows what you'd be paying for it but I mean even in the high street they can range quite a lot but I generally find that if you're trying to buy sustainable there's a bit of a sort of green tax on them that doesn't seem to be the case um, with you guys is it difficult to maintain margins when you're trying to do something as unique as you guys are doing as a startup when those, you know, purchase, the purchase power isn't there?
4: So, first of all, delighted to hear you say that that's a positive thing and that you actually noticed that because one of our kind of key uh, strategies and kind of goals was to make kind of sustainability accessible. And of course, that's not going to be accessible if we're trying to sell leggings for 90 euro and jacking up massive margins. So, we kind of made like a decision at the start that, again, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it the right way and kind of do it in the way we would like to see it as customers. Yeah. The only way that's going to work is if the prices are reasonable and something that like myself and my wife would actually buy. So <laughs> that was kind of one of the driving aspects was how can we do this now, if we're being honest, there, there is a green tax. And I think a lot of it is being absorbed by FINA at the moment, like there was a lot of things we didn't really notice at the very start of just how expensive carbon offsetting is. Like we plant trees for every item that we sell. Yeah these things, they they add up, you know, and even just the materials that we're buying with the scale that we're at, the price jacks up. But again, the way we see it is long
1: and steady yeah and coming to connor beside you there connor talk to me technically if you can if you've got that sort of knowledge about the materials themselves what is the difference between you know the cottons and i'm speaking the whole premise of this show is i'm somebody who doesn't know what i'm talking about i'm talking to people at home who don't know what they're listening to and that's why you guys are here what's the difference between a t-shirt that's made sustainably out of sustainable materials versus you know something that you might buy in another shop
5: well, maybe I can speak to what I, I'm wearing right now. So I'm wearing one of our. I don't know. Can you see the camera? Oh, I can see.
1: Me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And for those listening at home, they look they're two very muscly tanned. Well, no, not maybe not tanned. You know, Owen's maybe not as tanned oh, as. as you cre- put up on the
5: tan as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tanned okay. and
1: you know, <laughs> very healthy looking individuals wearing very healthy and sustainable looking clothes. So, so, so Connor has a two tone top on, three quarter sleeves rolled up to the elbow, showing off his tattoos and all that type of stuff. But go on, tell us about what the fabric is made of.
5: So um, what I'm wearing is our raglan tee, and it is made from recycled polyester and recycled cotton. Um, so with the recycled cotton, what they do is they actually, in the factory, they just grab all the waste, I guess, of cotton waste that would normally just go in the bin when they're making kind of, you know, um, other clothes from virgin cotton yeah and reuse it and they put it into i suppose this tea and then with the recycled polyester um, they use bot- uh, bottles that they reclaim from the ocean they break it down into these small little micro plastics that they're able to then reforge into polyester again yeah um, the main difference i guess is if you're buying something that isn't recycled is i guess it's, it's not recycled right they're just Using what they call virgin fabrics, or just you know, making more plastic, and they can use them fabrics in all sorts of clothes. I've actually got a suit jacket, believe it or not, made out of recycled
1: plastic bottle caps. No Man. way! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so you can you can use all sorts of stuff in them. But where is if we come back over to Connor Pullington on the phone lines, Connor? Where do you see the next sort of two or three years in that midterm growth for a company like Vena? What's the challenges that you face over that that short term period?
6: Yeah, there's a lot of challenges like. For example, what was mentioned before with absorbing the green tax and managing our margins. But even on a basic level, because the sustainable clothing industry is still so new, communicating what exactly it means to be sustainable can be a challenge. Like Even taking a very simple label like sustainable clothing, does that mean 100% recycled, 50%, Mm. 20%? How does that relate to the ethicality of the materials? Like We don't use it, but you could, for example, have recycled wool And how does sustainability relate to the manufacturing? Is it carbon neutral? How do do the processes work there? And then even just basic terms like carbon neutral, not everybody right now might know exactly what that means. So just finding ways to communicate exactly what our growing understanding of what sustainability is uh, without overloading customers with, with information as we're doing that is...
1: It's a real challenge because, I mean, the word sustainable and ethical, they sort of get mashed together and they mean, because I suppose in theory, it would be possible to make very sustainable clothing unethically, if you get what I mean, in terms of the difference between, you know, they're they're two totally different things. So that communication around... And
6: like the certifications that you get for materials, they're completely separate to the ones you get for being ethical.
1: Yeah, Yeah. totally different. Um, Where can people find more about you, Owen?
6: Uh, our, well, our main
4: website is wherefina.com and our Instagram is the same, wherefina. Yeah,
1: very simple and very straightforward. Um, and coming to Connor beside you there, finally, Connor. so what is next in terms of the line? It's men's, it's women at the moment. You obviously plans to expand the line and expand the type of products that you offer.
5: Mm-hmm. That's, that's our plan. We're actually working hard now at the moment to try and work on our next collection. Um, running into all the challenges that Owen kind of already went through with... Uh, manufacturers maybe not being honest or maybe not telling telling us one story just to kind of uh, get some of our money. Yeah. And yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a long journey. Uh, I think that's the most difficult part is just it's long and you need a lot of patience to be in this industry, it seems like. Yeah, I but can yeah. imagine. And the, the kind of short-term plan is to work on our next collection. More leggings, more sports bras more sports is bras,
1: yeah. the next big drive. And I'm, yeah. I presume the three of you not looking at you, you're not going to be uh, designing the sports bras. I presume there's a girlfriend or a wife or a, a friend or somebody who works close to the company that's going to help you out with the design on them.
4: Absolutely. I may have a keen eye. Who knows? <laughs>
1: Well, guys, listen. Congratulations on all the fabulous work that you've done so far. Um,
4: keep keep- without interviews like this, the word of kind of small businesses trying to be sustainable won't really get very far, so the more people like you championing us is uh, fantastic
1: well you've got a new champion in me that is absolutely for sure and a lot of other people around here at casey i'm sure will be logging onto your website and checking you out on instagram where very straightforward to remember a young irish brand and as the name itself suggests small independent warrior brand bands from irish mythology that's the guys from fina thanks very much for joining us on ecological this evening and that is almost us wrapped for this evening. And um, we'll be back. We've got to take a little out of break and we'll be back to really sort of reinforce what it is we are talking about and why it is that we're doing it because it's about future generations, really, isn't it?
0: Making sense of our impact on climate change. KCLORS Ecological in association with LaHartz Volkswagen. Discover the all electric Volkswagen ID range at laHartzVolkswagen.ie. Kenny, Carlo, KCLR.
1: Yes, you're very welcome back to Ecological here on KCLR. It's Brian Redmond coming to you every Thursday evening between 6 and 7. Looking at the large, massive problem that is the environment of the globe and trying to break it down into bite-sized chunks that we can all understand a little bit more. And why are we doing it? Well, we're trying to make life a little bit better for everybody that's here now and, of course, for the generations to come.
0: I think that people should care for the environment more and stop um, littering and burning things and stop using a lot of plastic. Hello, my name is Wowie, and I'm seven years of age and I'm very worried about the environment because it's easy to litter but you shouldn't and it's also easy to stop littering. You should pick up litter in the ocean, well pick up litter anywhere and uh, you should plant more trees and it's kind of hard to explain but don't litter and stay healthy. What I know about the environment and climate change is that people are causing climate change by littering, burning stuff, and polluting. Climate change means that the planet is going to get warmer and it can cause extreme weather and flooding. I think that we should stop burning more things and start using less electricity, like Earth outer. Light candles instead of putting on lights, we do things that don't involve electricity, and we don't um, burn things in the fire for the Earth. And do more things like that often. We do stuff for our school. Like to help it more environmentally friendly uh, and to try get
6: more green flags. Uh, Say for this year it's the travel flag. So we're trying to get people to travel to school like by walking or cycling without using a car. Because you don't use any fuel for cycling or walking.
1: There you go. That was put together by our very own show producer at The Quirk. Isn't it so simple when you hear the kids talking about it? <laughs> now, getting them off the devices to go out cycling sometimes can be a bit of a challenge, but maybe if they let, we let them tell us what to do, we'd all be one step closer to living a little bit more ecologically. Coming up over the next few weeks, we're looking at a lot of different topics. We'll be looking at home retrofitting, which is obviously huge at the moment. EVs, transports, and all sorts of bits and pieces that might help you live a little bit more ecologically as well as possibly even save some money along the way so do stay tuned us here on kclr every thursday between six and seven the show is available back on a podcast you can check out our social media platforms at kclr 96 fm for all of those relevant links and of course coming up after the news at seven Matt O'Keefe will be here for the farm show so do stay with us here right throughout the evening on kclr and i'll be back with you this time Six o'clock next week for another edition of Ecological.
0: You're listening to KCLR's Ecological with Brian Redmond in association with LaHarts Volkswagen. Discover the all-electric Volkswagen ID range at lahartevolkswagen.ie.